Welcome to What Should I Watch? A podcast to learn about interesting and inspiring Korean TV shows, aka Korean dramas. I'm your host, T, and every week I help a guest with what to watch next. everyone thanks for joining welcome to the podcast i'm your host t and i'm joined by my friend grant who sometimes likes to binge watch korean dramas t thank you for having me today it's a pleasure to be here i like to watch korean shows and uh, it's quite exciting for me to learn about korean culture and uh, the writing's really good on most of those shows i like the acting and you know just forcing me to figure out how they do things in South Korea um, is is pretty interesting for me. So I've really enjoyed almost every show I've seen. Uh, So I'm excited to hear about the one that you're going to tell me about today. Great. Okay, so the title of the drama I'm going to tell you today is Crash Landing on You. Have you heard of the title? Uh, Yeah, I saw saw the preview on Netflix, but uh, I haven't watched it. So you're probably one of not so many people who didn't watch it because this was very <laughs> popular um, mainly because it's set in not always but it's set in North Korea okay um, not actual North Korea but probably the set that made it look like North Korea yeah I was, I was thinking it's maybe it was the opposite that a North Korean person was coming to Korea so I had it backwards yeah that which is not not untrue in the drama so i'm going to tell you a little bit of the setup what this is about and how all the main events unfold so here's the story goes our main female character's name is yoon seri she is the heiress of a large company in korea who owns her own fashion brand it's called seri's choice she's a leader of the young and rich and beautiful She's got that young popular culture in her hand. And whether it's about good or bad, she gets all the media attention and she knows how to take advantage of it. There's a scene where a paparazzi took a photo of her on a date with a famous actor and it's all over the internet. Instead of panicking, she used the photo to promote the clothes and accessories she was wearing in the photo because she was wearing her own brand. She knows the ins and outs of capitalism and how to be successful in the system. In the first episode, she's planning to launch a new segment of her fashion dynasty, which is an outdoor brand. Since she's a socialite, she's shooting a brand teaser by paragliding herself. So she's going in the air, and while she's up in the air, she sees a farm tractor flying in the air, and she goes, "What? why is there a tractor in the air? And right next scene, we see that she gets sucked into tornado. When she wakes up, she finds herself on a tree and a man in a military uniform is aiming a gun at her. This is the moment her life changes forever. 
South Korea is about the size of Indiana State and North Korea is about Mississippi. In between, there's a little area called DMZ, which is a short for Demilitarized Zone. The area is supposed to remain neutral um, after the Korean War, but that's where initially Sari land in her paragliding. And Captain Ree, our male character, is the man aiming gun at her because you're not supposed to see anyone. That's the area that either North Korea or South Korea patrols once in a while. And of course, there are other characters. In fact, the great thing about this drama is that it feels that there's no sub-characters. Firstly, there is a man called Gu Sun-jun. He used to date and almost married Seri, our main female character. But he got into shady business with Seri's brother and he's on a run from the Korean government. He decided to go to North Korea because that's where the government would never be able to find them. And he wanted to hide until his stash of limitation runs out. It just so happens that he meets a lady of a high society in North Korea. And his plan takes unexpected turn. This North Korean lady's name is Seo Dan. Because Captain Ri also comes from a well-known family in North Korea. Because, you know, North Korea is under a dictatorship. So anyone in the military has a high... Um, high position in the society. So Sotan and Captain Ri know each other and the two families want to marry them. As our main character is the captain of Company 5, not as a you know company office company but as a military company. So he's the captain of Company 5 and there are four other North military um, characters who become very endearing to anyone who watches this drama. And also I can't leave out the group of village women because it's the village where Captain Ree and the company live and everyone in the village loves the young and handsome Captain Ree. So when Seri shows up in the village, which is in North Korea, she stirs things up quite a bit. Does it ever feel like you can't guess what women in North Korea are like? Have you thought about what women would be like over there? Yeah, I have. I have yeah, I have no idea. It's but, hard. It's hard to know what what they're like, right? It's hard to know what life is like there. I mean, as a as a woman, I I feel the same way because you know you think about women. I've never visited, let's say. Um, I've never visited Norway, Lithuania, Bulgaria, or you know Brazil. But I have basic understanding, or I can I can have guess like women will probably want this, or they will be like this. But for some reason, when I think about North Korea, although they are also Koreans, I have no idea what they will be like. Um, because there's no freedom in North Korea, and I can't imagine growing up always hungry and not being able to speak up your mind. So I don't know if they develop same desires, same needs, and same wants. I have no idea. But through these village women um, in the show, they let me take a peek at what life in North Korea is like as women. There are several scenes where these women go to a street market area. There you can find a seller or sellers that take you to the back alley or their own house and also back of their house where you can 
buy and just you know browse all kinds of illegal import stuff from South Korea and they uh, use the word um, village down there that's sort of a slang that um, they say um, when they mention South Korea because they can't really say South Korea so you get the feeling that you, you get to learn that women in North Korea are just like us just like the rest of the women in the world they like Korean dramas, they like pretty things, good cosmetics, soft and nice clothing, you know, it's just anything that women usually like. The way these village women gossip and love and hate each other is just so funny and it reminds me of, you know, something like you can see in Desperate Housewives or any American dramas with a bunch of, you know, women, whether they are, you know, stay-at-home mom or they go to work, you know, just how women are. And it made me also kind of sad because their needs and wants always must be suppressed in real world. I mean, in this drama, you know, they're having fun and we see this, you know, funny side of the women, but real life, you know, I'm sure it's hard as women. Anyway, so those are some of the main characters. And as we can predict, Captain Ree and Seri fall in love with each other. But this dangerous development is not without many life-risking journey ahead of them. And I have a big surprise at the end of the ep this episode. Stay tuned for a big surprise for the listeners. <laughs> well, sounds like a very interesting story. Uh, I'm pretty curious about it. So, the getting back to the lead female character... Um, so she's something like an uh, American, like Paris Hilton kind of? Exactly. She's like Paris Hilton. She's from a large, very successful family, but she has her own brand and she carries, you know, she carries her company. Every, everywhere she goes, there's paparazzis, everything she does, it becomes hot, um, thing, new activities. She's like a Paris Hilton back in the day. Gotcha. So, and she's happy with all that fame and everything, right? Yes. And she's the perfect role model of, you know, how to, how to be in capitalism society. That She is the person. Uh, so when the tractor was flying through the air, it was like a tornado, I guess? Exactly. So I was thinking about um, the Wizard of Oz and how, uh, you know, that kind of, the whole idea about the tornado puts you in a different world right and it lets you experience something completely different so i guess that's kind of similar if she's she lands in north korea and she doesn't really know she's in north korea does she have an idea about that when she lands first she doesn't know because she's just in a this a, woods and the gun point yeah her, and right? you know like if you don't know as a listener if you don't know um south korea men they all serve uh in the military it's a um all men have to go so you know, it could be South Korean military. So she thinks, you know, she's trying to talk and she knows she's pretty and she knows all <laughs> men like her. So she's like smiling a certain way and she's like, oh, you uh, know me. Um, you know, would you help me get down from the tree? You know, she's all like trying to be cute and nice. And but this man just like, you know, stares at her with a gun and she's like, OK, you're a little weird. That's yeah. So she has no idea first. So that that was interesting. And I think. It's not really North Korea. It's actually the DMZ that she lands yes. in, right? So then my next thought was, well, what is he doing there? And, like, how did he get away, right? Right. And you talked a little bit about that. Um, 
so really he was trying to figure out his own life, but he wasn't trying to escape, right? He was just trying to hide out. He wasn't trying to go no, to South No, so Korea, what happened he? actually in the, at that point from Captain Ri's point of view is that because he's from North Korea and they're just on a patrol. Okay. So he and his company men, they're on a patrol and they, they know there was a tornado around that area oh, okay. and like, gotcha. um, you know, the um, strong wind and so they're just patrolling to make sure everything's okay like the and damage of the yes area. exactly okay. and you know just normal military duty surveillance and all that so they happen to be in the area when Siri lands on a tree but I, I completely agree with you because when I um, was kind of thinking about the story again uh, for the this episode I thought about how she landed there in a tornado is just like Wizard of Oz <laughs> and you know she she goes there and then she go through these um, you know I can't exactly remember what Wizard of Oz was like um, but you know at the end she meets this wizard and it's sort of like happy ending ish right okay gotcha. is, is it it oh, is happy ending right yeah yeah it's more about the journey Right, it's about the journey. Yeah, and so like they, uh, there's witches like, and weird creatures. and Right. And, they, and then they're trying to find the wizard. So they go and find the wizard. And when they find the wizard, it's actually, they're disappointed because it's not what they thought. But then it ends up happy because she wakes up and it turns out it was all just a dream anyway. All right, and then there's this shoes, like uh, you hit, hit with your heels, like tap, tap yeah, three times or something. Yeah, shoes, yeah. Oh. The ruby red slippers. That's part of the, the nice witch. There's like the evil witch that that's she killed. That's right. The, the, the green one. And that's, that's what became the famous musical. Wow. Yeah. Kind of all comes back from my <laughs> childhood memory. It was so old. Um, so, you know, it's like you don't know where the life will lead you. And, you know, some of the unfortunate events throughout your life doesn't always mean it's going to end in um, tragedy. It's sort of what I was thinking. So the character you were talking about, the um, the ex-boyfriend, the, the captain? Mm-hmm. No, ex-boyfriend is called Gu Seung-jun. Okay, so that's not the captain, right? Right. The captain is Captain Ree. Gotcha. So he was hiding out in the DMZ woods, right? Is that what you said? Right. He was just on a surveillance with his company man. Okay. And they're the one that find Seri. That sounds like an interesting character, though, too. So... The focal point, too, or the second kind of side story is going to be the, the Korean women, right? Or the town folk or the people of the village. That's a big part of it as well. That is also a big part because they um, initially help, uh, initially try to um, find out where this woman comes from right. and what the deal is about. And, and later on, Sari becomes a good friend. Um, to everyone and these women they help her they they find out Sari is actually from South Korea gotcha. and so she, it, there's a funny scene that um, she goes to the street market and the women um, take her and hey you know this is a really funny s- stall and then you can see all kinds of South Korean you know <laughs> you can see all kinds of South Korean stuff and she goes to these illegal merchant and she actually uh, sees her cosmetic her brand oh, her wow. own brands there that's interesting it, yeah it gets really funny, funny and yeah the the you know the sh- drama is well written in that sense um there's a little bit of you know here and there um funny elements that seem very natural so with the korean women the north korean women did you feel like it was maybe an accurate portrait of what it might be like in north korea or do you think it was more yes. just... Yes. So I think that was really 
um, sort of a continued conversation while this drama was being aired and after because people were speculating whether the writer just uh, made something up right. or she actually knew what she was writing right. and turned out um, there was a small uh, advisory board so to say of um, of North Korean defectors okay. so they told her, they told um, her being, right what it's like and, and you know even like you know some of the language state uh, words they were using um, you would say differently in North Korea so those North Korean defectors that helped the writer to write the story they told her um, this is the word that you would say in this situation and you know so people who weren't even on the boards and also as a defectors um, who were watching the show, they said uh, all the portraits of uh, a portrayal of North Korean life, women or men or how the military is. And because, you, it, you know, later on in the drama, you get to see what, um, you know, the, the real scary part that every all the world talks about, you know, what North Korean military right. is like and what really goes inside, you know. So it's the, the reviews from the defectors are... Um, they say it's pretty accurate. Hmm. Uh, knowing that and also kind of, what I'm picturing is kind of uh, almost like a, one of the Korean dramas like that takes place maybe in the countryside of South Korea, like where it's a small village and it's everyone knows each other. And yeah. Is it similar to that? Is there a sort of a contrast made? Like when you're watching it, you don't, do you lose yourself and think, hey, this isn't just North Korea, this is... This could be South Korea, right? Yes. This could be America or whatever. Like yes. That. So there's definitely that element. Um, and I think that plays a big part because, you know, in a nutshell, this is a romance and uh, rom-com story, but there's a lot more to it because you're watching, um, you're watching a bunch of characters who are just very, you know, human. Um, and they're not just, you know, 20-something, you know, young people around Seri or Captain Reed. Um, some of these village women or um, the men in the military, they're a little bit older. And, you know, some of, there's another character later on who is a North Korean military man. He's a lot older, but he ends up helping Seri and Captain Reed. So you get to know these people and they're, you know, they're just like your neighbors, your family, your friends, or, you know. And actually, there's a funny um, a funny interview from a... And I think it was a little bit controversial in Japan. Um, I just wanted to mention this. So, he's a Japanese politician, and his name is Doru Hashimoto. He said... Um, and he, you know, a little bit of back, I don't know him that much, but um, he's known as a far right um, politician in Japan. And naturally, he's a everything anti North Korea. So, you know, whatever North Korea does, even if North Korea ch- donates to some charity, he's, he's going to say that's not good. So he's far right wing politician in Japan. And in an interview, um, he said, he doesn't usually watch Korean drama, but he said he binge watched the entire drama, Crash Landing on You. And he feels that he has a, some kind of side effect, which is that the drama made him think that the North Korean military men are quite nice people. <laughs> so, you know, if you, it was supposed to be, uh, you know, like he tried to like, 
you know, kind of like icebreaker or something like that. And that just became, you know, kind of controversial, especially wow. among right wing supporters in Japan. That's really funny. So, yeah, and, I mean, that's how um, that's how you feel like when you watch the show, you know, and that's a big contrast because and a big contrast and also smart writing from uh, of the writer because you see these North Korean military men and like village women who were initially um, have their guards up and you know they didn't seem very friendly but later on they're your friends they're the ones that you know try to help Seri and Captain Ree but everyone on the other side in South Korea who you think would be very liberal and helpful and friendly they're all Seri's enemy because she's got the fame and money and everything, so everybody's her enemy. Yeah, that's the kind of the contrast there. And yeah. I think that's why it's a really smart setup to make our main female character Seri as this heiress of a large company because, you know, it's it's a very common setup in Korean drama. You often see some main character as some rich person or heir of a big company or something like that. But I think in this show, it was sort of necessary because it's a big contrast showing that South Korea is a big, you know, democratic slash capitalist country. And that's a big contrast to how North Korea is. So I think it was a necessary device for the show. Yeah, it sounds like the, uh, you know, when you have people and money around you, that doesn't mean they're great people. Right. right so right. when you, you actually... It's not about money, right? It's so does that make you think people. socialism is better? I, I don't know about <laughs> that. Well, I think I think the thing that <laughs> I, I like about Korean dramas, though, is, is an interesting point. It's there's a common thread of, you know, the decency of the people. You know, the people come together in most dramas to help each other out. So right. that's unique in the in the writing. That's different than American shows. Um, there's a there's a sense that you know yes, I know what the right thing is to do and eventually I'm going to do it or we're going to do it together and we're going to kind of learn something about it. And um, I think that's very attractive because you don't see that in the same, in any other kind of, you know, television shows across the world. Yeah, um, I think there were some American shows that I watched um, that, you know, it wasn't just about, you know, like, um, have you watched Parenthood? Yeah. So I think yeah, that, that was a feel good factor to it for sure. Yeah, and I think that the reason I liked it is because it has it made me feel like I'm watching Korean drama, but also um, I don't know how to put it. Like it's <laughs> like a good mix of American and Korean drama elements. Right, that's so, a good show. Yeah, I, I think yeah, you're right. Like a lot of Korean dramas focus on humanity. Yeah, you know, trying to sh- yeah, trying to show that side of you know how we are. Well, that know. sounds like something you know, just saying, hey, the North Korean people are human, also. Like, here's how their life could be. Yeah. You know. Here's yeah, exactly. And I, I think you know that's something um, what initially grabbed a lot of people because they said, oh, this drama is about North Korean people. You know, right. and you know we have you know whether you're Korean or German or Spanish, you have your stereotype of a North Korean, and that's what media portrays and. Um, you know, you could guess like, okay, it's also, you know, there are also people, normal people, but we have no idea what normal people in North Korea are like. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be curious to know, and that's that sparks the interest of being creative and creating a show around it, you know. Right. Uh, what would that be like? Yeah.
I was thinking about the the market. What what did you call the market? The word they used? You said um, the down under market, or yeah, that um, is that actually what it's called? And is that the translation in the show? Um. So in, in Korean words, they 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 say aretongne, which means um, it translates to a village down there. Okay. And that's sort of the translation, I think, gotcha. in the subtitle. I mean, like it's it's basically a black market, right? But <laughs> right. it makes sense that they would have their own word for that. No, I'm saying like that that market, um, right? So the, they go to black market to buy South Korean import right. stuff. But they say because they can they can't say South Korea right. directly, so they use the word like down there. village, uh, down or village, <laughs> you know, something like that. Oh, this is a new stuff, right. you know, so and so picked it up from um, down or village or right, something like gotcha. that. Yeah, like from the south. Or but something. the the, <laughs> the street market itself is illegal, and um, it I heard that there are, in North Korea there are about four hundred something. You know, it's like a bazaar basically. Uh, area where you see a bunch of stalls and vendors and just set up their little you know area to sell vegetables and all kinds of food and whatever necessities and you know because you get in North Korea you get um, what do you call it the um, rationed but right food rations right food ration and whatever else necessities uh, papers the toilet papers just and you stuff right. When that but also, great. you know, I what I heard is that, you know, it's been 50, 70 years and the society changed a little bit. So not everybody has $20. Right. So you might have $20, but you have some far cousin who, you know, escaped to China and he somehow makes a little more money. And then, you know, and that's essentially how they smuggle a lot of South Korean stuff. Um, right. which is from China. So, you know, some people have a little more money and they try to sell their stuff. You know, if they have a little more, let's say you own a little yard in the back of your house and then you, you know, have extra corn and you go to the, the street market and try to sell your corn to make a little extra money. So Makes sense. It's not, it's not a, you know, the actual, like a farmer's market or something nice that you see in America. But right. it's an area that you can, you know, exchange and buy and sell a little stuff. Um, the, some of the things I've read about North Korea is, you know, that they have these things. You know, you have to have these pockets of space in society for people to survive, right? right. Even, even in a dictatorship, which is interesting. Right. And um, a few years ago, I remember reading about how they were, the North Korean people were, were getting a lot of, like, flash drives. So yes. it would be like a flash drive with information, with articles, with movies, with TV shows, like North, like South Korean TV yes. shows. And that was an easy way for them because it's so small, you can smuggle it in the country. You know, you have people like putting it in their shoe or their sock or whatever. And then yet it contains so much information. Right. And they would just pass them around. And so that was making their society more aware of like what was going on outside. So my question was, did they bring any of that up? Or is there a sense of in the show that, hey, things are changing a little bit, that people are becoming more aware of some of the things, at least some of the things that are actually happening in, in the rest of the world. Yeah, I think so, because, you know, even even in the show, you know, there's in the village, there's a, a chief woman. So she's she has a little bit more power. So she's like a um, HOA, let's HOA, say HOA. Okay. So yeah, if gotcha. there's a, like, you know, village HOA and she's the head woman 
and she would get a little bit better stuff. And then she, I, I can't remember exactly, but she said something like, "Oh, the you know that the mask that you facial mask you brought last time, mm. you know, she knows the ingredients, she knows which one functions better, and you know, so it's not just they are like, oh, this is some South Korean cosmetic. Right. I'll take it, whatever it is. No, they they know how to pick and choose right. because they have already you know had their choices and exposed to those stuff. So. Yeah, you definitely do get sense of it, and I don't remember if they had USB, uh, but I did hear right. about that. And um, in fact, I think last year or the year before, maybe before COVID, the there was a defector in um, the person said what was really hot in North Korea at the time. Um, I can't remember the exact uh, drama title, but it was something that was really popular in Korea about like 20 years ago. Oh wow! But somehow that's really popular in North yeah. Korea right now, huh. and I think they also know some of the K-pop stars. Right. So yeah, there's definitely um, changes in the you know in that country. Well, that's good. I was thinking too about the balloons. You I mean? Re- I mean, I I always hear about them sending balloons to try and get messages to North Korea. Does that still happen a lot, or is that still an effective way to get information across? Yes. So it's not like, you know, if you travel to Europe, you probably know, like, you just literally drive through, you know, little fence, and all of a sudden you're in France, and you were just in Italy. But, you know, it's like a lot of times you don't even know you cross the border, you know. But it's not like that because there's this DMZ area. So, you know, it's almost, it's impossible to... Just you know, send a little air paper airplane or something, or just you know, <laughs> slide something under the fans. It's not like that, so that's why people fly balloon, and usually it's like a propaganda and okay. um, some flyer that contains some you know supposedly dangerous information. Mm. Um, and I think it it's probably still happening. Um, you know, if you ever go to Korea. And you go to um, this f- sort of like right next to the fence to the DMZ area. You can hear something through the speaker, mm. and it's from North Korea. It's sort of like educating slash brainwashing their right. uh, people, gotcha. but also like it's towards South Korea too. Right. So they're projecting the same exactly. message. Yeah. So the South Korea. But what's funny and interesting is that um, so when North Korea got their first COVID case, and this is you know this. They say it was this year, but um, there's some evidence that Korea saw, South Korean government saw it was last year, but they deny it. And But this year they couldn't deny it because they, they definitely had a little um, pandemic, a little, right. um, what do you call it, in the small area, not pandemic. Breakout? Breakout. Um. There's a smart scientific word for it. <laughs> it only happens in the small area um kind of like what happened with ebola um anyway so north korea definitely had it and what kim jong-un said is that it's from south korea because south korea keeps flying balloons and they got covid virus on the paper Mm. and balloons and that's when that landed in north korea that's how virus spread so they were i mean they were blaming korea for everything of course so um that's how they got COVID, according to North Korea, (laughs) (laughs) but we don't know. Well, it seems like he was sick at a convenient time as well. Right. So there was some speculation about whether or not he got COVID. He may have been the one that gave everybody COVID. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he he probably travels everywhere. Does he travel? Yeah, Yeah, he he probably travels. And his group of 
people Whoever. probably travel. And you know who else traveled um, in this drama? Sodan, who's a North Korean high society woman. She her first scene is she lands. Um, she gets off the plane because she spent ten years in Russia, oh. and because she's you know her family's in a high military society, so right. her dad is a whatever the high military man, and they have money, so she plays cello, and she goes to Russia to study music oh, for so ten she's, years. She's cultured. She's very cultured, and she knows both Russian, Korean, and mm. she knows a little bit of English, I think. And you know, so you know, and that's also you know pretty accurate portrayal of Korea. And there are people. I actually personally, I was curious, so I so I looked up a little bit. And uh, if you have money, somehow, it's not illegal to study abroad oh. if you can't afford it. Huh. So, you know, one of those people, I'm sure there are still people like that and they might have brought back COVID. Sure. <laughs> I, and I don't know, I mean, there were times that, you know, last year I tried to be really careful, but I'm sure there were times that I touched paper or, you know, some clothing material that probably had COVID virus. <laughs> and I try to use sanitizer all the time, but I doubt that got me COVID because I haven't gotten COVID at all. So, yeah. You're very fortunate. Yes. I'm a little, um, what do you so, say? So, was this one of your favorite shows that you've seen so far? Yes, and I think that's why I picked it as a, my first one to discuss with you. Uh-huh. Um, there are some other ones, but I think this was really popular, and it kind of, you know, it can go, it can appeal to anyone, um, whether you just like, rom-com or you just want um, something a little more with rom-com or you want just something feel-good kind of drama um, it does have really good suspense element also because naturally we are talking about North Korea right, right? so the yes. stakes are high yeah yeah so um, they don't always stay in North Korea because then the drama the story won't be so much fun right yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, I was thinking too. I meant, meant to mention it earlier that that's another element of you know Korean shows. Typically, they have you know you might think it's a comedy, but it also is dramatic. And then maybe there is some suspense, and then maybe there is some thriller, or maybe there is you know a lot of drama. But there's always all of those elements kind of blended together. You know, depending yeah. on you're looking at sixteen episodes usually, and it's usually about anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half per episode. So that's a lot of screen time, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think what's great about that format that they use, typically, uh, most of the dramas that I've seen is, you have a lot of time to develop characters and get yourself into situations and get yourself out of situations, but also run the full spectrum of human emotion, you know? Um, us as viewers, you know, you know, we're not, we don't really care about having that same feeling every single time we watch a show, you know? It shouldn't always be funny. It shouldn't always be dramatic, right? Right. It's more, it's, it's more like little films, you know, or maybe like a two-part, uh, like three-part episode of something on like American TV. A lot of American shows are just, you know, it's only 30 minutes, and the idea is that these characters can go on forever once you know who they are. <laughs> so it's really just writing about situations to make the character shine, right. you know? Right. And uh, that just, that, that's a formula. 
right? Whereas a Korean show, it's, it doesn't feel formulaic because you're able to dip in and out of these different genres with relative ease, which is really a testament to how powerful these, these shows are. And I think also just why they're so meaningful, you know, and why yeah. people, you know, people respond to that because it is more human in a way, you know, and how the stories are told. And um, that's why I really like watching them. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, so yeah, a lot of, I think especially well-written Korean dramas are kind of like a full package. You mean so, they're not all well-written? I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, I think, I think they're even well, you know, sometimes I watch what people would say like soap opera. Yeah. Like in Korea, you say like morning dramas. Um, I watch some of those. <laughs> they're, they're fun. Um, and I talk with my friend about those shows and how, you know, as we get older, we like those shows. The, yeah. You know, it's total soap opera, you know. Yeah. But, you know, even those ones are like, some of them are really good. And some of the ones that are really popular, you know, it's always in the, like, entertainment news, but I just can't get into it. So. Yeah. <laughs> but what I mean by, like, well-written is something, I think you're right. Like, I feel like when I watch it, I kind of feel like it's a, you know, kind of buy one get one or buy one get five kind of deal gotcha. so you get it you get in for like a rom-com but then like there's a little bit of thriller <laughs> there's a comedy and there's everything and you know i always want a better deal so, so it's the value you're getting it's you're the getting value you know i'm putting in this one hour of my life um of the day so let's say i'm awake for 12 hours a day wow. i'm spending this one hour so you want full value the best right. one right yeah you want to get it all yeah um, so in Korea, the reasons the Korean soap opera, so to say, um, come on at like eight or in the morning or nine o'clock is because um, if you are a stay-at-home stay at home mom, your kids will be at school and your husband will uh, be at work. They have already left. So you're just starting your morning. Um, you start cleaning or, you know, dishes of the, all the breakfast stuff. So you're still tidying up your house. And then you just need something in the background to watch and like and listen and you know, but some of those are really crazy. And, <laughs> um, if you're listening, um, just go to go to some online. I don't know if I can say it. YouTube, huh. and just type uh, kimchi slap. Kimchi um, slap. Yes. Okay, so go it's to from any, like really famous Korean soap opera. Go to any search engine and type in kimchi slap. And that's where you'll. Find and that's it. the kind of stuff you see in Korean soap opera. You just mentioned um, a couple of things why you like Korean dramas, but this is another reason that you should like <laughs> Korean drama because the the level of dramatic action is above anything you watched. Kimchi slap. Um, but yeah, you don't see kimchi slap kind of thing in Crash Landing oh. on You. It's it's very well written drama. I highly recommend. And well, I have to tell you, um, because since we mentioned a little bit of suspense um it doesn't always happen in north korea suspense also happens in south korea right um it's because those north korean men they come to south korea oh wow that's fun so in the what beginning would that be like, huh? right so in the beginning of show um Sari is in north korea and she's trying to go back to south korea she realized and but then you know she that's what's great about this character she's she spent her life growing up as this it girl and she knows she's pretty she can do anything and she's like no problem 
<laughs> so okay, you know, she she's not panicking. She's like you know very confident and she's comfortable somewhat. And she even you know so she ends up staying in Captain Ree's house. And this is a house still like pretty nice for a North Korean house. And she's like. I can't use one soap for my hair, my body, <laughs> everything. I need separate shampoo, hair conditioner, and body wash. So she calls the company office, the military office, and she's like, "I need this and this and this and that." Wow. In North Korea, so she's very comfortable living there. <laughs> um, I mentioned the North Korean people in this drama is actually very nice. They're trying to be helpful, um, except the North Korean military man. But then when they come to South Korea, including the North Korean military men, they encounter more danger because South Korea knew something's up. The government knew something was up. And also North Korean uh, military is following them. Can you guess why? Why would they following them? Because they're afraid they're going to defect? Well, actually, that's a good point. Yeah. But also they find out about Seri. Well, yeah. Right. So they must know. So they have to kill her. Oh, they have to kill her because she came and saw. Right. And did. You cannot escape alive right. North Korea. So Would they have to kill the soldiers too since the soldiers yes, went to south? Yes, exactly. So once they're out, it's like, oh, we need to get rid of everybody. Because they, um, they betrayed their... Their nation, right? Yeah, North Korea. They betrayed Kim Jong-un, right? For a military man, what do you say? Like military men... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, um, this order is death, something like that. In the order of death, maybe? I no, disordering, disorder of... Um, anyway, in South Korea, in this drama, some of the threats we see besides North Korean men following them is Seri's um, own sibling. Because Seri is basically heiress of the company her dad's large company so right. she's a Paris Hilton she's gonna take over the whole Hilton so Sari's siblings try to take her down from her throne and they find out some information so they want to take advantage of how Sari was in North Korea and there's a man love interest of Sari whose identity is unknown and mysterious and uh, suspicious so all of those people you meet in South Korea is basically um, everyone's enemy <laughs> so since the story is about someone going to North Korea, um, you think you can like give me some background about North Koreans coming, like defecting to South Korea? You know, as a Korean watching the show, it's funny and um, there's some like really emotional moments and all that. But I kept thinking about what really, um, and I actually, you know, I realize there are so many YouTubers who are North Korean defectors living in Korea and as a Korean it feels really strange to watch their YouTube videos because you know Korean language is unique to Korean um, Korean Korea the country Korea so you can't go to some other country and expect people to understand you it's only within that small land which is like Indiana state size, um, only people live in that little state. So imagine like you're in Indiana, you, once you get out of Indiana, nobody understands you, right? right? And I'm watching this um, YouTuber who's supposed to be North Korean defector, and he speaks like perfectly fine Korean, 
I mean, he's he's Korean, right? So he's he's speaking Korean, but you know, he talks about some of the learning curves um, when he came to South Korea, and you know how still like he sometimes he struggles, he feels awkward, but then he has some of like a funny content also. So you know, this YouTube algorithm put me in like other North Korean defector um, YouTubers. So I kept watching several of them, and some of them are funny, some of them are um, you know just so sad and. Um, and I came across this documentary that followed a daily life of a defector. And he's about, I think, 40, um, early 50s now. And he, when he came to South Korea, he had to go through a training um, from the government because government puts them into a certain like, program to teach, like, you know, this is how you survive in South Korea. You know, nobody's going to give you ration food and nobody's going to, you know, you have to make it out, you know, on your own. So everyone goes through that and also, you know, they have to really make sure that you're not a spy and all that. So, you know, it's comfortable, but also not so comfortable kind of program. I can imagine that's my take. But yeah, so after that, he once worked in a small company and, you know, that was just like a normal company. He was um, admin assistant, something like that. And then after that, he tried running a small business of his own, which was an um, air conditioner repairing company. So he tried to own a little business, so he'll go to, you know, places, you know, commercial, residential, try to, you know, fix air conditioner. So that's what he did. And now I think he does some other, he also does like cleaning business. So he go to like building cleaning and um, right. he literally said he never sleeps more than four hours. And people asked him, like the interviewers asked him, the documentary um, director asked him, like, don't you wish you had more free time and he said well i have all the free time i want in north korea you're in a workplace which is also not where you want to work it's where the north korean government or kim jong-un assign you to go to work and you're there let's say you just really have to take a dump right but you just you have to hold it for like six hours seven hours whatever you know you bribe your supervisor you you know, make a good relationship. They might let you, you know, sit down for a minute or whatever. But if they're in a bad mood and you ask, hey, can I use a restroom? Then you might not be able to use a restroom for the rest of the day. And they don't care if you shit yourself, whatever, you know. So he said, you know, it feels really good that I don't have to ask anyone whether I could use restroom. And he's like, well, you know, I have all the free time. You know, this is great something so simple that we take for granted right yeah <laughs> so yeah um with that information back of my head um i try to rethink of some of the scenes from the drama and i'm sure these are some of the you know more normal human-like moments that writer wanted to bring but i'm sure it's not easy so i was curious uh, what are some things that you know you might have wanted to see more of or maybe something different? Um, what are the words that um, in the southern part of the U.S., if they say something, people from other part of the U.S. won't understand? Do you know anything like that? Uh, yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's a lot that you say in the south, and that's where my experience would tell me, but so that's probably the most most I could think about was something like in the South where 
they may say something a certain way and you might understand it or think you get the gist of it, but unless you've really been there and lived there, you don't really understand. Right. An example of that would be just like, bless your heart. Like, <laughs> so if you're down there in the South and you're visiting and you're telling a story to somebody and one of the Southern people might just all of a sudden say, well, bless your heart. <laughs> I, and it I, sounds I think that's like, a, yeah. sounds like something like, oh, they're just, you know, they're just being kind to me or they're just like, they're religious in a way. So they're just kind of, that's just what they say. But it, it kind of has a secondary me meaning among the people in the South. It's kind of like, a, oh, you just don't have any idea what you're talking about. You know what? Yeah. Or you're, you're actually just an idiot in a, in think, a way. Yes, so there's, I think there's right. things like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, bless your heart, it, which is really just like, you're just an idiot from the North. You don't know anything about what we do in the South. <laughs> That's, you know, there's, that's just the way it is in, in every area. You know, right. you have like certain things that you say that people aren't always going to understand, but yeah, yeah, there's a, there's an indirectness in, in the, in certain parts of the country with the, how you culturally talk to people or bring them like Got South it. is kind of, it's a slow pace. I mean, this is very generic, but, um, for a long time, people just take their time and it's very right. relaxed. So there's not a sense of rushing. It's not a big city kind of atmosphere. Right. And we're talking about certain parts of the South, not all of them, certainly. But so how they talk to you is maybe a little slower and they're, you know, they're smart, but they might be super kind to you. They call it Southern hospitality. Where right. They're just really nice and, oh, please come sit, enjoy. But, you know, underneath that, they might be with their friends later on and, and they're just talking you know, yeah. they're just talking shit about you <laughs> because that's what they do. They just talk, talk about you, you know, right. Where maybe in the, in the North, Northern part of the country, they're just a little more direct, maybe a little more honest up front with you. Right. right. So they might tell you to your face, like something mean that you get offended by, but really they're just being honest, but because they're not being so friendly with you at first. So it's kind of a contrast with the South. That's interesting because the reason I asked you about the Southern expression is that we're looking at a one country, um, just different region, but we're looking at two Koreas. Essentially, it's also one country, but you know we're looking at two countries, and they have similar culture, like you described just now. So in South Korea, um, whether you watch news or you just have a conversation with your friend, in general, the expression and things you say, how you say, is. Um, less direct and let's say like I'm really pissed off about you and you know I'm gonna you know, say like oh you're just dumbass whatever you know you you know piss me off and you know that's probably you know how people usually would say and you go to North Korea they would say something like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna grab a pocket knife as you know slither your throat right now and then you're gonna bleed until you something like that you know this is extreme probably but you know, North Korea, the way they talk is more direct and it can be seen and heard more aggressive. And I think it's partly because, you know, they're not, um, they haven't, they haven't been socializing with the rest of the world. Right. So they don't have to be so nice, right. so to say. So they can just say, however, you know, without filtering. Right. And you see this in the North Korean news. Sometimes you see North Korean news in the um, South Korean media. And, you know, this news anchor. So imagine like American news anchor, you turn TV on and they say, um, 
the Democratic Party or Republican Party said so and so, we will um, march into Michigan tomorrow with a bomb in our hand and make sure they know what bomb looks like. You know, that almost sounds comedic and aggressive, but that's how they say we're not content with your opinion. Right. Like it's very extreme and like, you know, aggressive. But also the way they say those things, kind of like when you said, like, bless your heart, um, they have completely different expressions to some of the things right. and completely different vocabularies. So, for example, the way um, the Korea, South Korean say when they address woman or just the word for woman is yoja. Right. Or if it's a little bit younger, um, they say agashi, yoja. It just, there's no other meaning to it. Yoja, just word woman. But not as like a derogatory, like in conversation, hey, woman, you know, not like that. Right. It, it's a word. Um, in North Korean, Korean, they say eminai. And that sounds a little, it sounds very old to South Koreans, but also it can sound derogatory and also funny at the same time. So sometimes like you see South Korean comedians um, use some of the like North Korean words to like make funny um, stories or slapstick comedies they use a lot of like North Korean slangs right. um, and because Sari our main, main female character she's addressed as woman the whole time by the North Korean military men right. you keep hearing them saying and here's like a Sari she's like a Paris Hilton and then they keep addressing her like you know which is really funny as a South Korean viewer and sometimes they'll say something and Sari like literally don't have any idea she doesn't understand like what does what do you mean and then they'll just say it again, like, you know, for example, bless your heart. And it's just like, I don't understand. <laughs> and like, well, do you not speak Korean? You know, like right. North Koreans don't know that, you know, South Korea has different set of words. And, yeah. you know, and yeah. also there, there's completely different intonation. Right. So if you're watching and you have watched a lot of Korean dramas, you can probably tell the way they speak is different. Like right. the intonation is very, very different. And that's partly because, um, you know, North Korea, they have their own regional accent, just right. like, you know, New York has accent and um, you go to Milwaukee, they have a Milwaukee accent. So North Korea, those regions, they have their accent, but also it's because they were cut off from the rest of Korea. Right. So their Korean language remains as if how Joseon dynasty uh, at the end of Joseon dynasty how they spoke so it's very close right. to that well I would imagine it's evolved differently you know than than the South Korean language obviously based on the culture right right so you have essentially you have two different cultures you know you right. have a South Korean culture and yeah. you have a North Korean culture and the way they've developed based on what their experience is in life the language of each one has developed differently, you know, right. and that's similar with the, within the United States. So you have, you know, people that live in certain areas or more rural areas versus cities, and how they talk and what their experience is shapes the, you know, the culture and the language. So much a part of what we do as humans is communication. So when we're talking about our culture, it's really smart of them in the drama to actually point out, like, hey they're not going to use the same language, right? They're going to be talking about things that maybe if you're in South Korea, you don't understand and vice versa, you know? 
And yeah. also the, the propaganda part about North Korea, you know, some of that's got to seep in, obviously, to the Korean people that live there. Because every day that's what they're, they're getting propaganda. So they're right. getting information that someone wants them to think and also talk about. Right. Whereas in South Korea, you have more freedom to think and talk how you want. So your experience is also personal, cultural. Whereas up there, there's always that looming feeling of my experience is of everyone in this part. So it's, it's a different, very different animal, right? right? Yeah. Well, I, I also see it as a sort of like, um, for example, Icelandic language. Mm, yeah. I heard that it's actually very close to Old Norse language. Mm. And it's al almost considered as a dialect of, of old, old Norse because That's it cool. hasn't really evolved. Right. Uh, Iceland is all the way, you know, even right. though, you know, Norway, Sweden and Denmark, they all far up there. Iceland is even more isolated from the rest of the world. Right. So I heard that, you know, the current Icelandic language is, you know, almost like an old Norse. And same thing with the Cuban Spanish. Right. Um, I, you know, I, my Spanish is horrible, but I can tell difference like when Cubans speak their Spanish right. versus the rest of the South American um, countries and I heard that their Spanish is a little bit closer to like vintage or old Spanish <laughs> right so I think it's similar to that um, except that North Koreans um, have just a little bit different set of words and you know we understand each other perfectly fine but even North Korean words they how they change the word um, you know we can guess because it's very um, like almost like a pure Korean they don't try to make right. it sound nice or right. um, but yeah it's I think it's a little it's a shame that those you know subtle difference of you know language can't be really conveyed through subtitles and right yeah right. because that really adds um, even more humor or certain emotions for Korea, South Korean viewers or if you're if you're fluent in Korean and watching this drama, you can see like uh, they can maybe make you more mad or happier or funnier. Um, it definitely adds something to the drama, but it's so a little sad. So if you sad. don't speak Korean, you're not going to understand all that stuff. <laughs> just another reason to learn Korean, right? Um, yeah. Have you been studying today? A little bit. Not much. So do you have a favorite moment in the show? What's your favorite scene in the show? Um, my favorite scene in the drama is um, there's a moment that Seri comes back to South Korea after spending some time with Captain Ri in North Korea. But then like they can't forget about each other. So through some, you know, some events and um, incidents, accidents, that I cannot spoil here. They re reunite, but then, you know, Seri has to come back to South Korea. Captain Ree has to remain in North Korea. So they decided that, you know, this can't go on. And Captain Ree wanted her to safely go back to South Korea. So they come to DMZ area and there's a little, you know, it's like a little wire. It's a, just a little metal wire. And it's just above the ground, maybe not even like five inch. Um, you know, even like a little chawa can jump off. Um, Is it a landmine? No, it's not landmine. Oh. 
Um, so they're in that area, and you know they're not ever, never going to see each other. And you're in the, like, this, the highlight of your romance, but you have to go. And it's a slow motion, and you see on the screen, you see Sari's feet crossing over the wire. And she can, because she's coming to South Korea, so she's perfectly fine. So she crosses over, and she turns around, she's looking at Captain Ree. And then Captain Ree's, they're looking at each other. And it's just this little, you know, thin wire between them that's super, super low. And you just cannot cross that. And although, I mean, yeah, you can, like, if you're, you know, if it was like me back in high school, just do everything that I'm not supposed to be doing, <laughs> then I'll just be like, oh, just a little wire, you know, I'll come back, you know. But Katari is a good guy. He's, you know, loyal soldier to North Korea. So he's just over on the other side, North Korean side. And Sari's on the other side. Now she's in DMZ area officially. And she just had to go walk straight back to South Korea. And Captain Ree's looking at and he says, maybe one little step won't kill me. And he crossed over that wire. Famous last words. And then they hug, they kiss, and it's this really dramatic emotional moment. And then they say goodbye. And this doesn't happen in the last episode, so it's not a sad ending like that. But it's, it's a lot when you watch it. That's great. That sounds nice. Yeah. But he doesn't get shot right in that moment, No, right? no. Okay. He's, <laughs> he doesn't die, and he goes safely back to his company, okay. and um, he has to deal with his own enemy in North Korea. Right. But it's, it's almost like, you know, those families in South Korea and North Korea that were separated back in 1950s. Mm. You know, it's just a little land, little wire in between them that you cannot cross. And you don't even know if they're alive. Right. You know, it's it's like the war broke out and, you know, you have sibling and then, you know, you have mom and dad. And so I follow my dad to South and the mom and my sibling will be like, okay, I'm just going to gather some of the stuff in the house. And I'll follow you. I'll catch you up. That was the last moment ever. Right. So... You don't know if they're alive and, you know, it's, it's very much like that yeah, at, at, in this moment. Right. Yeah. I think the only thing comparable, which in America, which we're very far removed from, but like during the Civil War, like in the late 1800s, you know, a lot of families were like sort of picking sides of, am I going to fight for the North? I mean, you heard a lot about brothers. Right, right. If a brother would yeah. be for the North or for the South, and they would face each other on battle. Or, right. You know, what did they do after the war? They didn't know what happened, and a lot of people were lost. A lot of people died, and um, that was only four years long. Right. Like that war, and probably in the aftermath, the next 10 years, trying to figure out and reestablish your life. But, um, and it's not like once the war was over, everything changed for everybody. But what we're talking about is literally the past you know, 60, 70 years now. Right. So that's a huge, you yeah. know, huge span of time for I families. Mean, and let's say you're a five-year-old little kid. You don't know why you have to run all of right. a sudden in the middle of the night, but you did. And now you're a 70-year-old man. You have to assume that your parents are dead by now. Right. But you're just hoping that somehow, and you don't even remember what your brother or sister look like. But right. you just know that you had a sister or your brother. So I, I looked it up and 
if you're a Korean citizen and you have Korean passport, there are 187 countries you can go without visa. So wow. free travel, 187. Guess how many countries you can go with American passport? Uh, a thousand? Five? See? I don't know. <laughs> so actually, Korean passport is tiny bit a little more stronger uh, because with American passport, there are 185 countries gotcha. you can visit without visa. Gotcha. So, I mean, whether it's 187 or 1,100, um, you know, Korean passport is pretty, pretty good. You know, you have that passport, you can yeah. pretty much go to any other countries um, without getting a visa or, you know, you can freely travel. But there's one country that you just cannot go. That's the closest to you. North Korea. North Korea. So it kind of made me think about that, and which is why I looked up the passport. Um, but, you know, I think that's also why my guess is that this writer um, kind of put that into perspective, Wizard of Oz. So this unexpected. Because right. also, you know, if you were talking about practicality of like, how can you go? Like, what would be the way, you know? Right. As, the, as a story device, like trying to get your character there, right. you had to think like of something. If you somehow <laughs> make it a little bit more realistic than, you know, somebody trying to smuggle under the, you know, some right. river or something or, you know, I think during a really strong storm that and, is plausible. And you're in the air paragliding. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's yeah. a plausible story. So what was the surprise that you mentioned at the beginning? Um... So if you have been listening, this is a little gift and a huge surprise for you. Um, what happened at the end of the show, I cannot tell you, but what really happened at the end and after a couple of months or maybe a little bit more than a couple of months, what really happened after the show is that the two actors are actually married. Oh. That's nice. So the North Korean army man and South Korean Paris Hilton, they actually married. Mm. And it was all over the news because um, this actress, Son Yejin, she always carries an image of, uh, you know, good, just good, nice neighborhood girl type, you know. But she's hardworking. She, every year she does at least two, three movies, one Korean drama, or I mean, she's nonstop she's working, always. She's never the type, okay, I made it up money, I'm popular enough, I'm gonna take a break. You know, she's always hardworking. She's a really good actress. Um, and this man, the North Korean man, Hyunbin, he's been in thousands of thousands of stuff. And although he's not my type, he's really, really popular, very good looking. Um, a friend of mine, she she's head over heel like, she mm. loves him. So, you know, it's like the meeting of the, you know, two stars of the century. And there was actually rumor that they were dating some like couple of years ago and they denied it. And there was some paparazzi shot of them like doing grocery shopping together, which is like really hard to deny. But they right. said, well, we weren't the only one. We were with like other crews and, you know, and this is before the show before the show i think it was 2018 that the the rumor got out and they denied everything and they're like oh you know we were just hanging out with the filming crews and you know had they worked together before yes yeah, so there was a movie that they met um through um it that was in 2018 and the rumor spread shortly after the movie and they denied it but then obviously they have been dating since then 
And as we are recording right now, I think she's maybe like four months pregnant. Wow. Happy yeah. ending. What's funny is like, so the when they announced um, their engagement, the Swiss embassy, Switzerland, Swiss embassy, they posted a Twitter of them as the characters because there's a scene in this drama, they go to Switzerland oh. and they go, they take a picture, really nice picture in front of this like, a, you know, really nice view of Switzerland, like all the Alps, mountain Alps right, and everything. Alps. Yeah, so <laughs> the, um, and that's just how famous show was um, the, when they announced engagement, the Switzerland embassy posted a Twitter um, saying, congratulations to Sari and Captain Ree, you know? That's great. Yeah, that's great. So that was unexpected too. That was unexpected. People were not expecting that. that no. That doesn't happen much in no. Korean shows, right? No. Or if it does, people, you don't hear about it or you hear rumors, but it never comes out like that. Like, oh, we actually are getting married. Right. And also because, you know, those two are really the top right. A-plus list like actors. Pitt, Angelina Jolie. Yes, exactly. That's Mr. what happened, Mrs. basically. Smith, right? Yeah, this is really popular, I can tell. So this is a little bit of ratings. Um, I was curious because I knew it was popular. The drama was really popular, but I had to look up. When I was growing up, people talk about some like 30 something percent of ratings. So literally everybody in the country was watching the same thing one night. But nowadays there are so many channels, so many dramas and you know, so many production companies. So it's hard to have good ratings. But this one, first episode was 6%. Wow, is that good? Good, it's good, and it's because the star power really is right. Son Yejin and Hyunbin. Just the fact that those two are together in a rom com, right. um, it was six percent. But then every episode up until sixteenth, the sixteenth episode is the last episode. The ratings never dropped, except like between twelfth and thirteenth episode, the rating dropped at one point eight percent. But mm. it was increased like every episode. And then the last episode was 22%. Wow. Basically means 22%, one-fifth of the country was watching the <laughs> last episode. That's great. Yeah. And also, it was on Netflix, and it probably still is. And it was, um, it was top 10. It was in the top 10 most viewed. Right, the top 10, the Netflix top 10. And then there were just so many articles covering this drama. Uh, it was Forbes, um, Washington Post, um, BBC in the UK, um, and Times Magazine even listed this drama as top 10, um, the top 10 Korean dramas you should watch. Gotcha. And like kind of same, same thing in Italia, it's the, the magazine is called La Repubblica. La, Repu La Repubblica. Did I say that right? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so they also said, um, you have to watch this drama, it's so good. So would you watch it? Yes, I would watch it. Yeah, I'm actually excited to watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, hearing about it, I, I think I'm interested and I'm curious. Um, I was curious before, but... Something about it I wasn't sure, so I just haven't dive, you know, dove in to, to try it yet. But I think I'm definitely going to now. But I have to warn you, this is something that you can't watch if you're busy. <laughs> so if you're working a lot of overtime and you know your boss is on you, like something's going on at work, don't start it. Do you have any questions? No, I'm excited. Uh, sounds interesting. Uh, after hearing you talk about it, um, yeah, it really piqued my interest. You know, I might have just 
passed over it, but uh, now I'm really curious, you know, I want to see what it's like. So I'll definitely be spending the next few days watching this show. Great. All right, well, thanks for having me. Look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for joining. See you next time.